Good people of Los Angeles, welcome back to another episode of the FCFC Pod. I slam Josh. We are in the backyard with McKenna. Hey. You've heard their music. You've maybe been to one of their events. Maybe you're one of their millions of listeners on Spotify. Let's what is go. Million listener. What, what was the joke, Sam? Um, I don't even remember. <laughs> You'll listen for the joke. It'll come up in between us talking about music. I was talking about tea. I was talking about Korean <laughs> Korean uh, soccer communities early on in LA. Me trying to get more Armenian guests on the podcast. Um, trumpets. 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 Yes, we talked about trumpets. Um, we had a really great time back here with these yeah. guys. We were super happy to have them on. Enjoy the conversation. Slim, why don't you hit him with the warning? Ladies and gentlemen, we are in the backyard of Dweezy's place in Expo Park. There are cars driving by, helicopters flying over, uh, ambulances driving by. Uh, Pandose Man came back. It's been a while. I think we missed like a week or two. Uh, we miss you, Pandose Man. I slammed the table out of excitement a few too many times. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it drives Ryan and Sean crazy. Like a lady, gentlemen. Like, <laughs> like a lady. <laughs> and as per usual, guys, um, I do have a potty mouth. I do intend to use it. So if you're at work or around children, anywhere you shouldn't be listening to profanity, there's probably a good place to stop. Or put your headphones in. Fuck everybody that went <laughs> to the old <laughs> stock <laughs> boom. That was the best. That was the best. Or put your headphones on. Fuck out of here. Let's go. FCFC. Welcome to the FCFC pod, where two scholars and a dickhead look at the world through a black and gold tinted lens. I am your favorite fat boy, Slim. How you guys doing? Sitting across from me is Big Dweez. Yep. <coughs> to my left is Josh Sexy Spice. I just found out that he named himself after Posh Spice, so I like him a little less now. <laughs> Shout out, Victoria. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and if you guys have been listening to us at all over this past year, you guys know that we love music, and we love music that comes out of L.A., and if you guys have ever been to, you know, our kit launch or um, I forget what the other event was that they <clears> performed <throat> at. But uh, musicians out of L.A. and we, we wanted to shine some light because they, they've blessed us with, with their performances at some of our events. We have McKenna in the building today. Yo. 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 Cheers, 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 cheers. Thanks for having me. Cheers, cheers. Already lit. <laughs> so McKenna is comprised of two parts. Uh, Mike B., who's uh, the rapper-singer. Uh, when McKenna first started, I knew Mike as a rapper, so I thought they had, like... I thought Ken was singing, because I, oh, yeah. I didn't know Mike could hit it like that. Oh. <laughs> but Ken Nana, the uh, producer extraordinaire, who uh, completely just, you know, made this new sound with Mike, and they've been going since. But uh, before we get into all that, let's go ahead and start with the first question, please. What's your oldest music memory? <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, music memory. Okay. Oldest, uh, oldest music memory. Uh, I lied. You he lied. switched you it. Lied. You lied. I wasn't ready for that one. Um, 
my oldest music memory, like making music or hearing music or any either. Either. What's your kind of that first memory that pops in the head when you think of music that, <clears throat> that you can, you know, you feel the textures of the memory. You can be in that moment again. You can sort of transport yourself back there. Where whether it's music your parents were playing, maybe it was the first concert you went to. Maybe yeah. it was a, you know, a moment in middle school where you heard a certain tape for the first time or whatever. Yeah, that's a great question. So yeah, I think it would for me. Uh, it'd probably be my mom singing in, in the kitchen every morning, and she would listen to these old Korean records, like Tudo uh, Tudo. Remember, remember those? Yeah, yeah. yeah so trots it's like traditional. still popping. So trots trots is popping. Trots like Korean Koreans <clears throat> Korea's version of country music. Yeah. yeah. How do you say it? Tudo Tudo. It's trot, but it's Tudo So it would, yeah, it was that. I and, knew um, that. And my mom and dad actually were, uh, when I was like in elementary school, I remember them playing like old DJ doc records. Ooh, which were like, guys were hip. Yeah, yeah, they were pretty hip, which were like, uh, they were like the, what is it, like that, the Cypress Hill of, I, like, I mean, kind of like, they were singing and rapping, they were introducing it at a time where it was very new, like in yeah, the early 90s. Yeah, they were just pioneers of rapping. Yeah, but it was like, well, yeah, so that's probably my first Damn, that's a great. That's a great first memory. Uh, yeah, I don't think either of my parents sang. Did your parents I had sing? MC Hammer and Boys to Men. No, all <laughs> Korean moms like, all like Koreans. We all grew up in church and whatever. Like, <clears throat> all of our moms are like in the choir. They do yeah, some yeah, wild yeah. stuff with their voices. Because yeah. trot, like, you, it's just a lot of. It's just all feel, man. It's yeah, it's a whole bunch of like going up and down inflections in your yeah. voice and whatnot. So, my mom was sloppy if you heard that because. She's very a proud member of the choir. She's like, not, not everyone can sing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> not everyone can be on the choir. So let me just tell you that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, we're not going to get into our mom's choir. <laughs> That's for the next pod. Yeah. Stay tuned, y'all. Yeah. Meanwhile, my man's yeah. over here. What yeah, was mine, it? I mean, my dad was a musician growing up. Mm-hmm. So it was music was always around. But, like, the one song I remember him always playing was Blackbird by... The Beatles. Mm. Oh wow! And it was or um, yesterday. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's a good record. He would just play it on the acoustic guitar and just sing it, and like I would fall asleep to that shit. Damn. It like, <laughs> yeah, it was like such Growing a solid, solid song. So that was like one of the first songs I really wanted to learn how to play on the guitar. Right. And yeah. when I figured it out, it was just like. I thought I was so tight. <laughs> I was like, damn, dude. Bro, you are tight, man. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. No, yesterday was the first song that I learned I sang on karaoke. When our parents had those big old yeah, laser discs. Yeah. Yesterday was how, how old were you when you were doing that? Damn, when were the laser discs popping? Like, when I was like seven? Shit. Yeah. And you're singing yesterday? Yesterday. Damn. Yeah. And, yeah, man. And now you guys get to make music. Mo- yeah. with most of your time I assume yep. um, and you know you, you come into this strange world of LAFC like usually we don't often talk about like how people got involved with LAFC in the first place but for people who like don't know do you do you want to talk a, a little bit about how like you got clued into this this oh, little yeah. black and gold universe yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of cr- it's a crazy story because it came from a lot of different directions um, for me, it came through my brother, Sean. He had had season tickets since the first season. Oh. And one of his friends that he worked with at Apple was, I don't know how they were connected, but they're like, hey, they're, we're selling season tickets. There's a new team, LAFC. Are you interested in getting it? And he saw the potential of it. And 
jumped in right at the beginning. So nice. I would just he would take me to a couple of the games, and it was my first time going to any football game. So you know, so that's your first football memory right there. Well, it, professional, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. absolutely, man. It was like going into there. It was like. Uh, a whole new fucking world, man. I was like, whoa, this is happening in L.A.? Mm. And um, turns out, you know, once we... Th- that was like my first kind of introduction to LAFC. And then when we did the uh, playoff rally, um, we met up with Ben and Rich. Mm-hmm. And funny story that I uh, I looked at Rich and like we shook each other's hand and then <laughs> we looked at each other and we're like, where do I know you from somewhere? I know I know you. And he was like, I don't, where? And he was like, what's your name? And I was like, Ken. And he looks up in his phone, Ken Nana. And he was like, Ken Nana, Apple Store, good kid. It, is, it was like written because I helped him like 10 years Fuck ago. Fuck yeah. At the Apple yeah. Store. Yeah. So I, was, I used to work there at the Beverly Center. And he'd come in. And him and I just had like a conversation for like an hour inside the store. Mm-hmm. And we ended up swapping contacts because we were just like, yeah. We were vibing like he was a good guy, and he he saw that I was cool. Rich, and Rich was rich ten years damn. ago. Yeah, man. <laughs> he's always been rich. Yeah, yeah so was it was crazy. crazy that we we reconnected, you know, through that. Damn, you know? Rich really sealed your OC <coughs> future with the getting on a good kid. And yeah, no exactly. Yeah. I was That's like, wild. oh, good thing it said good kid rich. and not yeah. like dickhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, he would just show you right away. And be like, <laughs> yeah, That's what it says, too. yeah, yeah. He was yeah, he was like tripping out, and then turns out also. Mike's brother Daniel was with us. He was shooting photos. Yeah. And he was like, Daniel Byun? He was like, I coached your little league baseball team. And I, we're like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? Yeah. Dude. She was like, dude. He was, is <laughs> which is the devil, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. fucking everywhere. Which is crazy. And it's crazy is how good his memory is. Yeah. Like well, he stuff. takes notes, dog. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. crazy. He but, does that. Like, he, if, he, if he goes into a business and he some, sees someone that's working hard, Mm-hmm. No matter who they are, he'll take notes. He'll of strike it. up a conversation with them. Like, yeah. What's your story? Yeah, yeah, for oh, sure. What a, yeah. what a fucking madman. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's got a twin, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's a multiplicity thing where there's like several hundred riches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. Around around they, they come back to the rich hive together. at night and they're just like sharing all the rich information. So that all the riches now. <laughs> it's all yeah, yeah. one database. On the cloud. <laughs> this is a Rick and Morty episode. It's rich and Morty. It's rich and rich. Rich and rich, dude. Mike, how about you, man? Oh, for me, um, well, it's kind of, there's layers to it as well, but um, to answer the, the question that was supposed to be at hand, how do I get, how do I get introduced to football? Mm. My dad used to play soccer. He was, he was a goalie, and uh, he, was, uh, he played offense in a big Korean league that, remember? I don't know if a lot of our parents used to play in this little yeah, community yeah, league. Yeah, mm. community leagues, yeah. Yeah, so every month they, they or every uh, three months they had tournaments with every city. So there would be an L.A. team, a mm. South Bay team, you know, Cerritos, all different cities, and um, he used to, we used to always go out every Sunday to watch, you know, to watch him play, uh, uh, practice, mm-hmm. you know, and all that, and, and there was a little community base there, but fast forward, and I, I really loved playing soccer uh, growing up as a kid, and then Ben, mm-hmm. which uh, is how I got introduced to LAFC, was he was working for merchandise and marketing there, mm-hmm. and Ben and I, and and Slim, I mean Slim too. He was kind of low key, like our manager, kind of sort of <laughs> growing up. We had a group called Million Dollar Babies with Jeremy, Ben, and I as a as a as a rap group. And then Slim was supposed to be the manager who, who nearly failed at yeah, what he was yeah. supposed to do. They, they, broke, they broke up immediately. <laughs> 
the only reason we don't know this name as a major rap name now is because the man sitting across yeah. from me. Yeah. <laughs> he dropped the ball. Exactly. There were people calling. They were trying to book dates. Slim was just like, guys. Yeah. But like, they're not ready yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but ben, ben and Jeremy kind of stopped doing music, and I continued doing it. But during that time, I remember Ben had a very big passion for soccer before LAFC was the thing. And he, when he started playing for it, or he started working for the, the team, um, he, you know, a couple years later, he, he kind of start, slowly started uh, throwing us in the loop and, and putting us into uh, performance situations. Mm-hmm. And, and he's hooked us up with plenty merch, which we're grateful for. But um, that's kind of how I got introduced to it. And I think my first LAFC game was actually with Sean. He had season tickets and he couldn't make it. And, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, when he can't make it, he usually kind of just hits, hits us up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, when we went, I was just I was kind of surprised at how much how much passion, you know, that that thirty two fifty two section had like oh my goodness where are those seats where where which part of the stadium uh two oh nine section two oh nine it's like the second level okay. on like mm-hmm. yeah kind of next the to thirty two fifty two yeah on the yeah, other yeah. Side. on the other yeah, side yeah. right here yeah on the side facing west right. yeah Mike can you talk can you talk on more of the because we've heard so many like great stories from like I remember like when AC was here he's talking about North Hollywood soccer leagues and stuff yeah. like that but we don't <clears> hear a lot about you know the Korean soccer contingent that's coming out of LA but like I like I know plenty of other shoes who are like doing that yeah, stuff too yeah, you know yeah. but like what's that like where, where are you guys playing like I always ask yeah, like yeah, who yeah. are these who are these older men like idolizing when they're kicking the ball because yeah. that's really important like about heroes and soccer heroes yeah. but like, what was it like to see that growing up and see your pop like doing that Dude, on the field it's crazy it was crazy <coughs> to me because uh the community base that mm. that how solid that foundation was it was such an underground kind of thing but there was thousands of koreans that all showed up to this like thousands thousands thousands. and it was like obviously you know there's only so many players on the field but like it's all just families supporting um their their loved ones like every three months there'd be these tournaments and you know obviously there's trophies on the line and pride and city pride and community pride but like watching because i think my dad was as as a goalie he was a captain but there's there's three different um, called divisions, yeah. Okay. So there was like the older division was like, which was from like, uh, four, like thirty-five to forty-five, uh, thirty-five up, right, age-wise. Yeah. And then there was like the younger, which was like twenty-five to thirty-five, and then there was like the young, young crew, which which was like like seventeen to like, or you know, eighteen to like twenty-five. So, gotcha, gotcha, right. Gotcha. So like, I remember one time, one time, I because I, I used to go all the time to to we used to go me and my brother used to go all the time, and then. Uh, we pl- we fucked around. And pl- uh, can I cuss? By the way? Yeah, Sorry. yeah. We fucked around. We played a little bit, you know, just while on on the field. For but sure. there was one time they were short a player, and my dad was like, "You need to put on a jersey right now, <laughs> <laughs> and you need to jump on the because <laughs> somebody got fouled out. He got, he got like uh, uh, something happened where he's like, "You need to go." <laughs> and so I had the experience of like actually not knowing what I was doing, but like just figuring it out and just running around. Yeah, and just, yeah. You know, so like. That that passion and love, I think, through community, right? Because it, it I learned that on from a very early age, and I think um, the power of community yeah. is, it, you know, obviously it was just Koreans during that time, but like, I'm sure each culture and each ethnic background has those 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 you know pockets of, of like uh, a world that that they they love and and, right. and, and support. So yeah. it's like being exposed to that early. I, I think we were very lucky. You know, to see that. 
That's awesome, man. Like, was yep. it, were you guys all rocking Korea kids? Was it all matching kids at that time? Or you just kind of like swapping whatever you guys can wear at the time? No, or what? They were custom, they were custom kits. Yeah. They were custom kits that Fire. they, I don't know how, somehow found uh, uh, relationships with, but yeah, yeah. each team had their kit. They bootlegged their own little, little sponsors or whatever, <laughs> whatever but it was like each team had their own kits every year the kits got better that's dope you man. know and watching that so um, were the tournaments right here like in la were they out in the counties that those like, yeah fields, good or? question so they're there we i think they practice at the the la high facility mm -hmm. like just and then fairfax like wherever they were able to pay monthly yeah um, but then the actual tournaments he were held like in Cerritos, Cerritos yeah. Yeah. right? Because we have the big regional park over there. Which you're from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a huge park. And they had like seven, eight games going at the same yeah. time, which was, which was crazy. Josh, did you, did you have stuff like this in New Jersey? No, they don't have enough fucking land for that. They barely have enough space for people. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's what, that's, no, in Jersey. Hey, it's Jersey, bro. In Jersey. In Jersey, there's space. No, even in oh, all of a sudden, you're from Jersey again? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll, I'll do both. I spent time in both, you know? So in Queens, we'd be, we'd be in freaking the, the, yeah, just a huge park over there where the whole, like, World's Fair took place. And they'd have volleyball tournaments and, you know, same. It's, it's, uh, mine was all church-based. That's kind of how I understood it. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, kind of similar feeling. Like, it's weird that for a while there, and I, this is by design, I think, for larger American shit, but, like, Korean people only fuck with Korean people. <laughs> like, that's the way you're going to go, you know? And so you see a thousand Koreans and you see the, the opportunity to have community and to mobilize. Yeah. But it would be very Korean-centric. It would only be within these Korean tournaments. Like, I even played in a church turkey bowl and it's like, they led a Samoan team in this year because they were part of a Korean church network. And, like, mm -hmm. that was, like, that was, like, a big deal. That was a, yeah. that was a big deal. We're, like, how many Samoans actually, <laughs> yeah. actually are part of the faith, you know, right yeah. now? But it's it, it's kind of like that. But it's a, it's a but, beautiful thing, man. But you know what's even funny? Like, just to kind of jump on it. Go. Like, the fun part wasn't just watching. Like, it wasn't watching the games. It was literally on this because they used to just throw up canopies and just grill, like, kaiwi yeah. and, like, hey, just grill hey. food and, like, and, and and all you know like the kids would play with each other and they yeah. you know play so basically yeah. it was it was a community it was church for non church goers exactly yeah. Yeah. you know sounds what I mean they familiar. met us yeah. Yeah. Sounds, like, sounds oddly sounds like, yeah. Yeah. yeah sounds like the LFC little culty yeah. 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 I mean but, shout, shout out Rich this is a fun Rich story because you guys all know him but like in his office like there's like a literal list of like 10 signs of religious movements about what makes popular religious movements happen. Yeah. And he's like, he's literally adopting freaking yeah. spiritual Every, language and yeah. being like, the bank is a church, the bank is our cathedral kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. He's pumping that, but it works. And like, mm -hmm. even when games are on Sunday, like the opening game, like it's... Stop brainwashing us. Yeah, bro. it's <laughs> so, <laughs> such a brainwashing effort, but it's straight up like... Is it brainwashing if you want to be washed? Oh, <laughs> yes! Well, that's that, what I thought. The people that drink that Kool-Aid wanted to drink that shit, too. Hey, they all hey, did. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it, you can call it Kool-Aid if, if you're just thirsty. Then it's just neutral. It's just neutral. Yeah. 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 is in a weird place See? today. He changed the first question. Shit's off the weird rails. Place, <laughs> be careful. You're like, oh, oh, you're my domain now, motherfucker. Don't, yeah. don't make eye contact with him too long. You yeah. get fucking trance. Oh, no. I'm caught. I'm caught. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Ah, Question for you guys though: yeah. How has it been, like, obviously cultivating and being a part of of, of, of the, the LFC um, thread and DNA? Like, how, how does that how does that feel for you guys? And, it's a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, because you you know it's a lot of excitement. You guys have all seen the excitement. Yeah. Oh yeah. The joy that comes from it, but you know all the work that goes with it, and you know when you call yourself a leader of like any supporters group. Being a leader is basically just a glorified babysitter. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. So 
babysitting a bunch of people that have been drinking for yeah. <laughs> seven hours before the match started. Shout out Creeps with his blackout jar this yeah, year. Yeah, so helping a little bit. Yeah, well, you know, so it's it's a whole bunch of things, but you you can't leave it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's it's just like even just like watching matches at the bank. Like if you've been part of the thirty two fifty two for however long, and you try to leave the North End to watch the game, like you feel out of place. Yeah, you're like I'm. I'm supposed to be in there. Right you just there. Like, yeah. you have to get back in it. But I mean, it's it's definitely rewarding. Like you know, I've said it a hundred times on this podcast. Like the the greatest thing about LAFC is just meeting all the neighbors that we probably would have never met unless it was for us coming together mm, for yeah. something like this. Because um, yeah, I mean, you know, how many times you have a Korean kid like singing Lachona in in fucking Leon, Mexico, you know what I mean? It's yeah. going viral. No, yeah, that was that was the moment, right? Yeah. Like it was it was that moment plus like singing the Korean chant. When you're with a bunch of, you know, yeah. like a, a ton of people from who've got Mexican roots, mm-hmm. Mexican Americans, some of them who were living in Mexico there now singing Korean in yeah. Mexico yeah. about Los yeah. Angeles. That's wild. Now yeah. you're looking at some crazy shifts. You know, that's yeah. interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so like, yeah, just like sharing culture, like that's probably the best part of all of it. Absolutely. It. Josh. How about for you, Josh? It's, it's fucking bizarre, man. It yeah. Really yeah. yeah. Made for Jersey. No, hell yeah. No, yeah. it's straight up, it's, it's strange and like, I, I really going to love LA and really, really rep for it hard and ride for it hard and um, LAFC is the biggest reason, you know, all mm. through and through, and it's, um, it's stuff like that where Sean is like singing La Chona in Leon, and it's ridiculous and it's it's beautiful, but you realize like you're in it all the time, and like Sam and I were just talking about like we're just caught up in our Slack chat all the time, where like just I spend like an hour and a half at work just responding to like you know <laughs> Slack messages today, and I was like I this is very irresponsible for me, like <laughs> I, I will not have a job any longer. But, uh, no, that, that shit happens because, yeah. but when you're caught up in it for so long and then something like, we have enough things where it's so new still and so it puts you out of place and you realize like how yeah. big this thing is and it become. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Sam and I, were, we were on a cacao chat with five people at one point, you know, we're just talking about dreams and talking about how, how we're going to grow this shit. And now like, you know, the chat is at 60 and we've had to move platforms and all that. And like, <laughs> I have to really, it's, it's a blessing. I have to really uh, understand it as such. When you lose sight of that, that's when people get burnt out and all that and it happens to everybody. But um, it's do- like we were sitting for preseason, we were, um, we, we, Sam and I were watching, um, we actually like each other, guys. I think, I don't know. <laughs> we, we see each other so fucking, because of this podcast, I see him like four times a week. And it's, I, I tried it. I said we should start dating. He wasn't having it. No, no, no. I'm very expensive. I'm very expensive. Yeah, and I'm cheap, so. Yeah, yeah. It's, we don't get along that way. But like to see the North End, like from this, from the side and like to understand yeah. what, what it is that, and you miss it, but you're like, this is how big it's become. It's. It's crazy, and to, to to feel like this is like in your guys like kind of atmosphere and stratosphere, just by how good it is, that means the world to me. Because it's like people are noticing, regardless of if they can actually like you know like are part of the supporter culture or not. Mm-hmm. And then you guys are now adopted into this, and like mm-hmm. this is exactly what what I was like. I didn't know shit about this before, yeah. and now like I'm learning tons about what the you know 50 year lead up to this club was, and that's mm-hmm. like that's a truly a privilege I think that I get from um, knowing so much. So, uh, such a diverse people. Yeah, and for both of you, I mean, the first I'm I'm a I, I was a music journalist before I was a sports journalist. Oh, wow. And so I wrote about music for many many years, music in the city for many many years. And you know, when I 
try to make American sports equivalents with something like the 3252 or the North End or football culture in general, there isn't really any good ones. You can say, like, college basketball games, but, like, can you? Like, really, they've got, like, it's a different kind of vibe, right? It's more like just a glorified, intense high school situation. For me, it's more like certain kinds of concerts, certain kinds of music mm-hmm. outing certain kinds of mm-hmm. music festivals certain types of artists that bring a certain type of crowd yeah. and you see that fervent energy yeah. you know what I mean that non-stop we're going to scream through your whole set we're going to sing along to the yeah. songs yeah, yeah, we're going to yeah, yeah. jump along right yeah. like maybe the flags you might not always see but you know people mm-hmm. got their banners for you yeah. know cer- certain it's reasons like, certain you trying know, to fight your friends at the rave yeah I mean <laughs> find the banner yeah, yeah, right? I mean it's it's, yeah. it's, 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 similar. it's a crossover so do you guys you know do you see some of the ways in which, like, you know, these gatherings and, like, the music, the musicality of it, like, do you find artistic fun of these games now? Like, oh, the 100%. Times that you get and, I mean, just just the energy from, like, 3252 and all the chants and, and like, it's music, <laughs> you know, and that's what brings people together. Like, you have to have music in order for people to come together and be in unison. And all of that, it's just, it's frequencies, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like you're spreading these frequencies and these people are chanting and the more people that kind of add on to it, the bigger it gets and like it's undeniable energy. And that's the same shit when you feel, when you're like at a festival or you're doing a show and you feel that engagement of the crowd, like you can feel the energy. It's it's a physical thing, you know what I mean? And that's what I loved about it. it was just like, I had no idea that it was like that. Like, I thought it was just going to be... Like, I've been to, like, Laker games and basketball games and shit. And it's, like, everyone's kind of in their own world enjoying it versus, like, enjoying it together, you know, and and hyping each other up. You know what I mean? And, And I feel like that energy resonates with the players on the field it has a lot to do just mm. like when you're performing like yeah. when people yeah, are singing along crowd, i'm yeah, gonna perform yeah. LA better crowds are tough, yeah <laughs> la is hard it's la is hard. the hardest to like get people to like buy in because everyone wants yeah, to be like, cool and i've chill seen on the wall <laughs> i've seen dead silence at staples center for yeah Zap rocky like trying to do bad bitches. yeah like, oh yeah oh man. my god yeah so like i'm like damn la crowd yeah is even like la like... natives like schoolboy q's concert oh my like god, everybody yeah. was just like, like bro yeah which crazy like, like, yo, we, 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 yeah we, and he which, even said he was like i fucking hate hey, performing in la, LA. <laughs> <laughs> he's like this is the worst city i've bro, i've ever been performing and i'm from la like he did the same exact set and we were there in a Santa Ana set yeah which is just a little far off and yeah, then yeah. the LA set and the Santa Ana set fucking we're upstairs the whole shit's packed right and you could feel the floor rumbling cause how, how many people are like yeah. jumping up and down and getting into it and in LA it was like just like crickets bro the Santa Ana venue does, does get live bro. it gets live yeah, but yeah. like but it's just it's just a matter of like LA I think LA people are being born and raised here for both of us right yeah. like we, what we notice is, is a we're we're a little harsh yeah. and hard as far as we're a little too critique. cool to kick it. <laughs> a little too, yeah, a little too cool to kick it. Mm. And then secondly, it's like we don't put our hands up until we see like three, four other people put their yeah, hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's yeah, like, and that that's probably what blew my mind the most about this happening. You know, the whole thirty-two fifty-two thing happening in LA is just like you can't get LA people to participate yeah, in shit, really. it's hard dude that's why I was shocked when I, yeah, when I yeah. came I was like damn all these people came together to really, but that's, to really uh, make some noise that yeah. actually makes more sense 
that it became yeah. what it is. It is, yeah. Because it had to reach a certain threshold. Right. To, to, People had to feel a certain type of way to yeah, then participate to fully, fully yeah, right? Which, you weren't like when people do participate, I would argue in Los Angeles and music when people are feeling it there. Oh all yeah, it's fucking it's great. It's like all the yeah. cards. Oh, when it's yeah. not like a half-assed oh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that you hold off until you're all the way in, but then when you're all the way in, you're all the way in. Yeah. yeah. And what's funny about the sporting side of it, that's like the music side. But the sporting side of it is like when you bring up like Laker games or Dodger games. I am as guilty as anyone of this. It's like yeah. if someone has free tickets to the Dodgers or somewhere. I'm like, well, yeah. I'm like, where are the tickets at? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm kind of like, are they box yeah. tickets? Are <laughs> we gonna get some free food with those tickets? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not really trying to drive all that time to go up there. You know what I'm saying? True. I'm saying this as someone who doesn't. I'm not like a baseball lover, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. I would, I would argue that like a lot of those stadiums are full of people who aren't necessarily like that interested to what's going True. on in the field. You want to make sure you have this time. The funny thing in the Bank of California Stadium is this. The coolest place to be in the stadium is in the 3252. Like, yeah. there are plenty of people who could come up to you and be like, oh, I've got, like, box tickets to LAFC. And you'd be like, yeah. like, sort of like, so what? Yeah. You know, like, I would rather, I mean, I mean, like, those of us who have been to the North End and those of us who appreciate football culture the way we do, or music, or energy, you could yeah. say, people who enjoy <laughs> that participatory aspect of things, if you have a background in music or the arts or you know sports like if you if you know what passion is mm -hmm. if you've ever been a creator mm -hmm. like yeah. it's impossible to not want to be exactly over. Yeah. it's impossible not to want to be over there and participate oh, yeah. in yeah. that because you just you, yeah. like you said you sense it in your body it's a yeah. physical it's sensation a physical. yeah and you no matter how cool the box is or what kind of yeah. sweet hors d'oeuvres they've got going on it's not going to compare your whole attention yeah. is just going to be over there being like, Damn, oh yeah like? it's like when you get when you get us uh, tickets uh, concert tickets up in some seats and you wish you were on the floor same yeah. sort of thing yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah, yeah. Like, damn that looks way better though the school board thing is throwing me though because the one yeah, thing I know about LA people is that y'all fuck with people from LA, LA Suns right. more than any, oh, anything absolutely. else right and so I'm just wondering like yeah. it depends it's on the, the venue fear, though. It, somewhere, that... somewhere like Staples where like you gotta pay a premium Staples is horrible to listen to me yeah it's just like like OC what's the venue called you guys observatory yeah observatory is great like I bet like observatory is a great venue, Palladium's a great venue. Yeah, venues are venues make all the yeah. Difference. Yeah, and like certain venues just attract bougie LA people that are wacky shit. Yeah, and, like stadium you know, and then like stadium shows. Ground. Stadium shows in general, like I mean, I, I haven't been to enough outside of California or outside of LA, but yeah. like they're not the best place to see concerts. Concerts, no. Yeah. Like I it's a different too. experience. It is. Like Anderson Pack when he, when I went to the Inglewood thing at the forum, like he yeah. sold that out and it was like but it, cool. It just felt different. But it was way better oh, yeah. when he was playing, you playing know, at smaller, smaller venues. venues. I mean, everyone says yeah, the, the drums thing. hit different. Which is funny. <laughs> now I'm just going to make another music and sports comparison. That's another reason why the bank is amazing as a venue. It's yeah. small. Oh, it's yeah. intimate. Yeah. No matter where you're sitting yeah. in the stadium, you you're can in still the, feel you're it. in the action. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been to Atlanta yet. I'm going to go, and Slim enjoys the games in Atlanta. I'm sure they've got a great atmosphere. But, for example, for Seattle, the big football stadium vibe, it's sure. cool. You have all that many more people, but there's a little hollowness there. There there's is. There's a lot of air that has to be traveled before mm -hmm. I hear the chants from one side or the other. There's this uh, distance that happens, and mm -hmm. it's similar to concert mm -hmm. venues. That's, that's a very that's, good idea. We make that comparison yeah. all the time. That's true. So the that's bank is a credible venue yeah. For, yeah. That, for that sort of experience. Mm -hmm. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If those those have been to international football matches abroad, you feel. Dude. I mean, in Emirates, when I go when I went to watch <clears> Arsenal, <throat> sixty thousand person stadium, you sort of just like, okay, like this is cool, but it's like an arena show. Yeah. Dude, I right. went I went to I went to uh, Barcelona, mm -hmm. like, like three, 
four, three, four months ago with, with, with my lady, and we went to go watch Barcelona get, yeah, the game. <laughs> and I was really stoked. It was fucking expensive. It was like 98 euros per or whatever. Shit. And But we went, we went and watched. I watched Messi just not run the whole game. That fool was walking and he <laughs> three goals. But it, it just, like you were saying, going back to what you said, 90,000 people in, in, in the arena, but it just didn't feel it's like not the same. it's not the same thing yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's it a little different yeah. different it's and I've, been, I've been at bar i've been to camp new for champions league games mm. knockout games and it's like it's cool and don't get me wrong like yeah. watching barcelona play the beautiful game is a special mm. experience yeah but it isn't 90 minutes wall to wall action yeah. and you're stop. definitely not intimated on it you're yeah in that arena vibe and you know? and when you're watching games like that it, it seems like when you're not having fun it goes by quick uh, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it goes by pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Like when you're actually enjoying the game, which is hard to do. Like mm-hmm. it lasts. Like you, you, you feel you can, you can be in every, yeah, in every minute. Yeah, for yeah sure. exactly. Yeah. I've looked up and be like, we're 16 minutes into this game. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? You know? You're also exhausted. You six you're you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're handing off the flag to somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that's after like the first five, bro. Yeah. You ain't waving them flags too long. For y'all as performers, like, what's what's the what's the mecca for you to for you to get to? Like, what's what's the I, the the dream for you guys to perform at? I mean, mm. being from LA, Staples is always like sure. one of yeah. the big. That's like the top, mm. you know, in LA. But to be honest, like. We enjoy the smaller venues, yeah. like like the energy is so much better, and Theater even even deals. attending bigger concerts. So, yeah. it's it's hard to say to be honest because, you know, we are really strong in the studio, so we love the music making process mm. and the part of just the whole process of creating something. But going out and performing is a whole different. It's a completely a different, different beast, job. Oh. It's a different mindset. And a different kind of energy. Yeah. Mike definitely upped his rapper hands over the years. I mean, yeah, he had moments of awkward rapper hands when he was starting out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely, absolutely, you. absolutely, absolutely. Why are you yeah. so negative, Santa? No, the hardest thing. This was a bad broke up. Before, I, love, right? I, I know this is why I was bad. I didn't know how to uplift. Yeah, he's like, you don't want, you don't want this. Like, you don't want awkward rapper hands. And on that note, fuck me. We'll be right back with the next segment. We're back here, FCFC Pod. We're here with McKenna. Mike and Ken, the homies, straight yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, the LAFC yeah. fucking family right now. <laughs> so this yes. is where I want to throw this to the larger music conversation, but I want to key you guys in into um, a music convo we're having within the 3252, which is trumpets and horns uh-huh. are very essential to some supported clubs in Mexico. It's a big part of their, their, their identity. We heard it in Leon. It's very loud. It's mm-hmm. very impactful. Mm-hmm. I've never heard trumpets other than like I got, and you know what? Never mind. You know it's college, college bands, yeah. right? That's a big part of it, right? Yeah. But there's no drums there. But I'm we're so attached to the drums. Dweez and I know firsthand. Sam does not about what, how important drums are to 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 <laughs> match the atmosphere. <laughs> but fuck you. How do you guys feel about hearing hearing a horn section coming out of three two five two? Like, what do you what do, do you guys think be, that's gonna be? I think that would be awesome. Yeah. Okay. I think that would be yeah, because it, it does add a different flavor. To it, Ken loves you know the instruments, I mean? yeah, yeah. but I'm an instrument guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I love, 
but it's like at the same time it, if it depends on what what is your goal are you getting trying to get people to sing along to these chants I mean, some, some of our members or, might need to hit like a key or two you know yeah. what i mean but yeah because that I could mean. that could cloud a little bit of the chance you know the the drums is the rhythm the chance is the melody and that's what carries everything you yeah. know and i Sometimes think i think some, some of some could, of our chants could we could use a little help with the melody yeah, <laughs> yeah. So maybe i'll write a couple yeah like we're, we're, we're actually gonna do a I, watts uh sticks oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah um hit us up said he's working on an lafc album asked oh, us to throw in some songs so we're gonna we're gonna put in a song for the man. lafc album miss you sticks yeah no that's dope man from the get-go i think music has been so important and like involving like musicians of all kinds has been really important like we saw it for i mean um, rest in rest in peace, Jaime. We had a beautiful um, kind of Aztec drum ceremony at the tailgate prior to um, the game on Sunday, and just to really honor his his passing. But it's it's really interesting. Cause I think we, as um, supporters, like even Dweez and I were talking about and Dweez, who knows North American and South American soccer culture better than than all of us, is really like. No one has ever heard Aztec drums in their in their section, but LAFC has brought this aspect of really genuine Mexican culture into into L, into Los Angeles, and so that's a big part of it. But yeah. I think you guys keying into more and more music stuff is really important because we've always wanted to we want to elevate every year, and people are surprised that we come out with a, a song every year, a new song that really kind of catches on. But like these guys are our capos, they devote life and death to really understanding what a vibe is and how to how to really get get people excited yeah. about it and like to really elevate and enhance and as such a new club that's what we need exactly mm-hmm. we need new energy we need yeah. new fire because yeah. we have the, the fact of the matter is and we're proud of it we haven't been around for 50 100 years you know course, like yeah. we need new new music new sounds so mm-hmm. i'm so glad to hear that you guys are willing and to contribute into the larger music are culture. you into the trumpets yeah. josh in Leon, they are very powerful. <laughs> oh, that was a pause. In Leon, they are very powerful. In Leon, uh, they are very powerful. Um, was it the trumpet I, I or this? Here's the I problem think, with the trumpet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I think right. it's demanding. Like the tr- yeah. the sound of the trumpet is very demanding. So it, yeah. going to back to what what Ken said, if it's going throughout the whole thing, mm-hmm. yeah. it, it, it's conflicting. But there could be accents where you so demand the attention and you wake it up. Clarinets. Yeah. Clarinets, no, I play clarinets going up. It's a little more That's the first instrument. Dude. Sounds gonna be like Lizzo on the flute out here. Yeah. Like you're playing, playing a riff. But I think it's it's it should be used effect like in a way. It should be used in a way where uh, it's it's intentional. Okay, right? so where, here's here's a good example of I think it going too far overboard. Mm-hmm. Um, in Russia, for the 2018 World Cup, mm-hmm. England, who don't have a drumming culture mm-hmm. and their singing culture is more like what's happened on the field will sort of mix it into the existing canon of like British style songs and just throw a player's name in there or mm-hmm. a coach's name in there or like little banter little mm-hmm. like self-referential mm-hmm. yeah that's what it is it's not musical generally yeah um, but they got a trumpet or one or two guys with the trumpet to like go with the supporters and they did Stevie Wonder's uh, no, wait, it's not Stephen Wonder. It's uh, it's Timmy in September. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. Earth, Wind, and Fire. 
Shazam. And it was like, drinking all the vodka. England's going all the way. In my head? Dude, it was so annoying. I wanted to die. But for them, it became like this, like, earworm that would just, like, burrow into you and just like oh god like Brainwash. England is playing yeah, again that yeah. stupid song <laughs> yeah. they have one song it's driving me so you know what I mean like cool. and for them if, and, and sometimes that's what you want if you're the Colorado Rapids if you're the Colorado Rapids shout out to Colorado Rapids we're really gonna shout out Colorado Rapids we out names right now who doesn't maybe have uh, exist pre-existing like you know fervent supporter culture and you're looking for that one Say hit y'all smoking that you're too just much weed out annoy there. the shit out of every stadium that yeah. you go to and yeah. you know what I mean and, and yeah, when yeah. people come to your stadium they're gonna know it's that damn yeah. song yeah yeah like that would work right yeah. like mm-hmm. that would be mm-hmm. a that vibe yeah. but mm-hmm. for the 3252 I completely agree with what you're saying if you're gonna use the trumpet be very delicate yeah, yeah. because yeah. you do not want it to become about the trumpet right like we don't need it to be about the trumpet no one needs it to be about the trumpet yeah but certain sections could how can you this has been the question from the beginning this has been the question from the beginning how do you pay homage to the traditions of world football culture while still doing your own thing that's reflective of Los Angeles in which case I say go talk to Joseph Leinberg my favorite Los Angeles trumpeter who played the first few notes that you might remember on How Much a Dollar Cost from the Pimba Butterfly album. Beautiful. Obama's favorite song of that year, if I remember <laughs> correct. Um, he played that song in Union Station one day for a free concert, the same oh, place where the LAFC crest was being released. And to hear same those day? notes like through Union Station, not the same day, mm-hmm. the same place, um, like to echo through Union Stations, like, like that's a killer like Experience. you know what I mean, and yeah. it's just that little melody, yeah, and it, yeah. it, it and it works yeah. like beautifully like that. Like if if you found a way to use the trumpet like right yeah. at the beginning of a song, mm-hmm. people knew like oh this yeah, song's coming, it's about it's to go. Right. Yeah. and then during the hook it's bat 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 like yeah. blown like three more times or something, and that's it. Yeah, that's the way it's to use be it. Tasteful. It's it's yeah. a light, but you sure you don't indicative. make music, bro? So I wrote about music too long, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like whatever he's been passionate about in his life, he's a full nerd about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I go deep into it. And, and yeah. so I, in that way, I love the trumpet. And I would fucking... Joseph Leinberg, yeah. in, uh, Astral Projection, Astral Progression, that album, next level. And it's the trumpeter the whole time. Like, mo- like released three years ago, something like that, through Alpha Pub. Same guy that started mm. Low in Theory, Daddy Kett. Yeah. yeah. And like... He knows shit, um, You know, if you... Yeah, if you're going to bring in instruments, like honor LA music tradition, honor, yeah. be, be part of that too. Yes, we want to like participate in like like these previous cultures that existed but we also don't want to just like jack their stuff and print it on top of ours and I thought the 3252 has done such a good job so far mm-hmm. you just gotta keep you know keep yeah, doing yeah. it that way yeah. right like borrow from IX but make it LA yeah. borrow from mm-hmm. you know I think polka was the main type of music from Germany that informed what Mexican music like became with all the instruments like like so many different types mm-hmm. of genre Mexican music is actually originated from polka like German polka and like the same instrumentation Damn. yeah so you could even like you could even like look at the ways that like German Stop. Germany Stop maybe does or doesn't <laughs> no, yeah, shout out Luis who told wow. me that you, the same yeah Luis was talking about that when we were down in Mexico so alright we crazy. get it you guys all went to Mexico fuck <laughs> 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 it was awesome <laughs> dude that's crazy 
Yeah. Polka. What about what so about Korean sense. instrumentation? What 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 could we bring in? I mean, we've seen the drums oh. at the the sh- the shirt release, the collection release. But other other Korean I instruments. I don't know what they're called. It's that like it's long. Ch- <laughs> <laughs> it's it's called wooden plate. This guy with, with, yeah. the, with the string. Yeah. yeah the, the string. The, yeah. I don't know if the string will translate though. No, I think the chungul well. with the the two two headed stick right there. I think yeah, that might be drumming though. Percussions. I think percussions is big. Percussions mostly like we we just mostly have percussions and voices back then. And the lady with the hell of strings. Yep. You know what might be interesting is, uh, and I don't know enough about Armenian music, uh, but I do know, speaking of. Uh, Fucker, you're going to blow our minds. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know enough about Armenian yeah. music, but let me <laughs> tell you. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Uh, speaking of, like, you know, in the first segment, we talked about different communities and how like, they rally around football. When I was playing in the Griffith Park Sevens League for like five years, there was always two or three like full Armenian teams. Like mm-hmm. the Armenian football culture in LA is. I I actually think it's something LAFC hasn't totally tapped, tapped into yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, like totally. I think there are prob- probably plenty of Armenians that go to the stadium and check out games. Sure. But I mean, in terms of like their community voice, it's not something that you really feel. Absolutely, yeah. Um, that musical style, like the same, mm-hmm. probably like yeah, you know, the same some some similar origins like with Russian music and like these certain like. Like this isn't this isn't like you know that like that rhythmic like Russian where you see like the guys like dancing like yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah, shit yeah. like that is the kind of like energy yeah. that yeah. you get with like the uh, 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 uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know yeah. it's like that like yeah, yeah. you know what I mean, I mean from that, that there might be instrumentation in, like, Ar- uh, in Armenia that know? sounds like ripe for fucking chanting right it's like that kind of like yeah. just like you're throwing breads out there right yeah, I think yeah. that's, that's <laughs> out there dude yeah, oh, yeah. so I think that 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 would be a cool a cool like instrument like bag to open up and see what's yeah. what's in there but who am I who am I I don't know at your point that's, that's, really an, that's cool. an LA thing you like you know because yeah. of all the LA Armenians I think that's important to what we we're trying to build here is like yeah. this is really the crossroads of the fucking world like why yeah. not bring instrumentation you know we have food already but it's like instrumentation I think is big yeah. into the match day experience as well yeah. if you're an Armenian listening to this podcast right now and you're involved in the LAFC universe and you want to come school us yeah. holler at your boys <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's what I think. That's important is bringing in all the cultures Absolutely. and everyone having their own flavor to mm-hmm. whatever that energy is. Yeah, it's all the same energy that you're trying to put out. Yeah. but you know, everyone could add their own sauce to you, it in you, a certain way. You yeah, see, you see how wild it gets during World Cup. Yeah, yeah. out here, bro. Yeah. Like, ima- imagine that in a in one stadium, like with multiple. That's that's amazing. That's a beautiful thing. Like, yeah, even at the home opener. Um, some new international flags that we saw make their little debut. They're not little, but they made their debut in the North End. Um, the Filipino flag. The was Filipino flying. flag from uh, Migs from the Empire Boys. Someone's flying Cuba. Someone has a Cuba flag uh, put up. Uh, shout out Max, who was really excited about that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, every year, like people are seeing that this is a place where it's you know like people from all different cultures in LA gather and you're able to represent that culture yeah. and share that culture right and, and yeah. certain cultures you know certain cultures have like louder voices or different communities that are naturally predisposed to football or yeah. predisposed to music or to expression or to whatever right. but to your point in the beginning it's like what were you saying you're like yeah like Korean you're, you said the Koreans really only fuck with Koreans and you guys were like you know yeah. in, in normal circumstances maybe that wouldn't be something that happens but isn't one of the beauties of the North End and the beauties of LAFC that you sort of get a chance to break some of the molds yeah. that would normally apply exactly. and you can sort of like investigate yeah. whatever this breath of fresh air that we're in and just be like well shit we can participate too exactly. like, and everyone and not only that like me who's not Korean or Armenian mm-hmm. I want that like give yeah. me all that yeah. Like, yeah, I can't yeah, 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 wait yeah. to learn about 
right? Yeah. Like more about Armenia. I agree. Yeah, oh yeah, that's so Straight true, agree, man. And we just talk about flags. I mean, I mean, shout out Ben again, um, Ben the Red Devils at IG. He just, I mean, he he like he did a that's lot his, of stuff. That's his Instagram. Yeah, the Red like, Devils. Oh but he God. only has one D, so it's really just the Red Evils. The Red Evils. It's a complete full 360 shit right here. So did he just get that like back in the day and just clung onto it? Or is this a new? This fool is a psychopath. He, he he had one share of Manchester United. He every year he would purchase a share, just to have ownership of that club. Like he like owns being a fan of that club, and he would have the little certificate yeah, yeah. on his yeah, wall. Dude. But one share. Yeah, right. he's a psychopath. Like that's. Yeah. Why I'm a psychopath. Love. I mean, I, I love be, I love beating Ben to things. So I'll just say this for Ben on the pod. Like I have. <laughs> I bought 20 shares of Man United right off the bat, so I already have more than you. So that's, uh, that's where we're at right now. But, but shout out was um, instrumental in making the little flag decals for the jerseys to be kind of pressed onto the jerseys. And I went to, I was at HQ the other day after the win, and like they were talking about how there are several country flags that they bought in bulk already that in the most of it, Mexico and Salvador and like El Salvador, and those already sold out. Like people already been buying those and pressing those on the jerseys like it's like fucking natural human behavior and it's not but it's like the flags that we get to fly the north and are so diverse and um even like on our last thing when we flew um a clean new korean flag in our section it was a big deal for to see um like uh like hogun and, and hyunte from korea who worked on the korea collection were like super about it they're like because you see the you know the sea of black and gold and you see the white red and blue of of the Korean flag, Tego keep flying over the section, and like it, it means something. It means something different, and it means something that it, we're in Los Angeles together right now. Yeah, and I think yeah, that's yeah. what it, it is. It was also the 101st uh, anniversary of the Korean Declaration of Independence Day. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, for, oh, yeah. We went out and just screamed for freedom all day. <laughs> Not violently. Not yeah, violently. we just went out and screamed in the streets for all day. Like, um, But yeah, so. That day to wave that flag, like it, it meant something. That's why I made sure, or we made sure to, to hoist that up. Um, but yeah, it's it's a place where we share those cultures. Like, you know, like we've when we came back from the ISC, like sharing what the Rising Sun means to to supporters all around, you know, the country, um, and them being able to come up and you know make that educational experience, um, and you know, we we learn every day. But when when we get to like I said, break those barriers. We learn things that we didn't really need, think we even needed mm-hmm. to n- learn. I, I guess yeah, yeah. whatever. No, it's crazy. And we know, like, even from this year, like, they're making a big hoopla about it. But, like, Adidas is, like, 25 years MLS. We're going to make this a big thing together. But 25 years is not a long time for no. the entire league to be yeah. around, right? Yeah. And yeah. so to understand that and to understand what we can build here right now in, 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 in a culture of L.A., which we all love, and I think it's it's obviously the big the big fucking ticket for like what the fuck we want to say as an American soccer supporter culture mm-hmm. like it's super amazing that we get to build that together you know yeah if we don't add trumpets in the north end what music instrument do they add guys yeah yeah shout out yeah yeah, yeah. give us some music instruments uh, that we don't know but give us some weird shit I would work on that scale violins I don't know that's a little that's a little tricky uh, yeah, those would get destroyed in, with beer. <laughs> yeah, so we can't do that. I don't know. What do you think? It? I don't know, man. That's a tough one. That's a tough it's one. Gotta be, I, I love think there's the a percussive element. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking it's like different kinds brass. of percussion. Yeah, some type. Yeah. It could be tonal, per, you know, percussion. 
stuff that will can carry some type of notes. Yeah. Or yeah. Ken's going to be in the North maybe. End with the xylophones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some stuff where you can play melodies too long with yeah. it, yeah. like a yeah. steel drum or some shit. Yeah, but this, all we, percussive to go with the, the drive. The dr- yeah. Fire. Yeah. Yo, Ken, yo, Ken, get in your bag right you now. Guys, dude. Yeah, yeah, you guys need a music director. I think that's what drives it, though, is it's all just rhythmic. You know, so oh, yeah. when you when you make music, are you um, are you partial or preferential to any specific kinds of sounds? Or are you pretty impartial when you just sort of start from the beginning? I mean, it's always I started playing the drums first, so mm-hmm. everything was always percussion first before I learned any melody or a chord. Yeah. And everything I've done is self-taught, so it's all playing by feel. So even being able to play drums, once you learn the rhythms and the patterns, then you can literally hit one note on the piano and still play yeah, yeah, something yeah, yeah, yeah. as long as you could play it to, to a rhythm. That's mm. what I do. And then you can add the second note, and now, now you're making music, you know mm. what I mean? And, but you use those percussive elements and timing. Music is all about timing, yeah. too. So. Something we learned in Lyon when we didn't have the progressive element and how hard it was to get the chance going, you know, yeah. with, yeah. with, with talk to you, Talk to these guys about what we had to do yeah, with what our you fucking hands. To, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, you're in a visiting stadium in Lyon, Mexico. The fans are out in full force on their end, so they're already yeah, chanting they're when you get, get in there. You're only 1,000 inside mm-hmm. of, a, I think, how many people? 30,000 30, yeah. person stadium. So, like... You know, you're, you're yeah, crowded in, in the little... corner. They didn't allow drums. And then uh, when some of the people were taking off their shoes to bat the seats as like a drumming thing, like the security, it stopped them. Yeah. So Damn. you were sort of stuck. Um, and that first half was just, it was, it was the clusterfuck. Yeah, it was yeah. people didn't, and you know, you got the capos and they're kind of moving around trying to coordinate with mm-hmm. each other and this mm-hmm. group starting, but then they're late and they're too fast and everything was off. That's it was crazy. like, it was a, it was a beautiful scene for how drums how important drums are yeah it was a great reminder to see Mm -hmm. that and then in the second half what they did was they stacked a bunch of plastic cups on top of each other um and then they would they grabbed the cups like with uh their index and their thumb like so uh i'm demonstrating like a long stack of plastic cups yeah with your index and your thumb sort of like a remote control kind of and then you just started like whacking the back of the seats with like long with those and then yeah so in the second half was way better and people we were you could hear us you could you could feel that same rhythm that you feel at home games where everyone's kind of on the same page and it was so disorienting and frustrating in the first half that um it like it like hurts your enjoyment of the game like you come down there to do a job like supporters you know yeah the belief is that you're not there to watch you're not yeah. there to just like enjoy it. you are it, part, part of the of experience the, you are a participant exactly. and so we our participation was being blocked mm-hmm. it was as if we were players and like yeah. our shoes were tied on the field and you keep yeah. tripping and you keep yeah, tripping yeah. and you know what i'm saying so yeah. it was the equivalent yeah it was the equivalent of knowing or, or here's a better metaphor it was like you're a player without the cleats on their shoes yeah. so you keep yeah. running out of the field yeah. you keep slipping yeah, Every yeah. few minutes you're slipping, and yeah. you're like, it's, it's yeah. that's exactly how it felt. Mm-hmm. You like, groove. Yeah, I mean, when, when, yeah. You, when we record, we record with a metronome, mm. and the metronome always helps you keep the you timing, playing, yep. even if there's just some like piano chords and there's no rhythm, there's always still a metronome that you can latch on to. So, mm. having some type, even clapping exactly. to get that, and like that's. That's what you need to sure, 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 instrumentation. Yeah. So use your body, use claps, how powerful that is too, you know? 
felt like our church service just wasn't, you know, yeah. God wasn't coming down. <laughs> it was like when we got the rhythm right. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, we're going to get more into McKenna and their musics and their story in Tea Time with Tweez. <laughs> Surprising my friends. Surprising my guests. We got Tea Time with Dweez. Y'all know what it is. We're going to do a little Ali Shan today. Lightly roasted oolong from Taiwan. Sure, okay. sure, okay, sure. Okay, okay. I got 100 grams of this. I'm down to like 20 grams. And so, <laughs> you know, this is just a... This one's a little subtler. 100 grams on Eclipse. This one's a little subtler. We got, you know, drinking Taiwanese tea with the Taiwanese tea tasting cups. There's two cups. One of them's like your smell cup. One of them is just uh, your drinking cup, and as you guys want, just keep putting your little cup out in front, and I'll keep serving you up. Oh my goodness, oh, this is shit. great, dude! Thank you, Dwayne. My friend, is this are, is this your old like OG's tea set, or is this like so? I got a special... this tea set as the listeners of the pod know. I went out to the Rose Bowl one day to help a friend visiting from China looking for film memorabilia, and I found this dope Gaiwan set and Gong Fu tea set for. Wait for it. Five dollars. Hey, oh wow! Shit. Shit. So the way it works is you're just gonna flip it over. Oh, flip. Oh, oh. flip. This flip is cup. the the skinnier cup so. is your smelling cup. Okay. Mm. You think it's gonna spill, but it won't. Okay. You so, get a little whiff of smell. that. Oh, okay. Okay. Ooh. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the, the smelling cup is one and done. Everything's just. Yeah. A what is that? If we Wait, serve multiple point? teas, you could use multiple. Smell it's just so you just, can smell it. Mm, like it's, literally it's just a different up. smell when. Whoa. So you mix it up. Okay, so here oh, you got to put this on here, and then flip it. Tea is great. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah it that hugs your soul. It like, does. It does. Like you, everything's gonna be okay. Yeah, like, <laughs> coffee's <laughs> Mike is tapping the elbows like a good Korean right here. So yeah, I um, I'm happy to be here with my musical friends so we're going to continue on the musical discussions because really all I want to do is make a podcast about tea and music I had this idea for a vinyl bar like Peanut Butter Wolf made a vinyl bar in Highland Park we went there for uh, Benny Thrift's yeah, birthday later and um, you know it's this beautiful bar like almost like Japanese style like tiny like like niche vinyl from like God knows when you know, that he was putting on and just drinking whiskey drinks. I want to do that, but with, for a tea, and I would mm. have exactly, like, two customers. It would be me and probably my friend Marty, who also <laughs> likes tea as much Shut as I up, do. Marty. It would just be the two of us. So if you, like me, also have really niche interests that no one will ever be interested in besides yourself, <laughs> you've come to the right podcast. <laughs> Honestly, what's come That's out of the woodworks dope. the most since we started this pod is, like, we're surprised at how many tea people are out there. There are some pe- tea people. And yeah. shout out to uh, my friend in TSG who gave me the uh, the poor last year. That was pretty awesome. Um, uh, but for you guys, like, you know, you, you're welcomed onto this podcast. Like, we're talking about football culture. We're talking about LAFC, things we expect. But, like, what in the LAFC world have you guys been able to find or draw from as you think about making these LAFC songs as you think about making other types of songs like has there been any sort of create creative inspiration thus far 
Um, yes, I think definitely. Ken and I, you know, it, it kind of geared us to, to think differently in terms of the creative. Because when we create, we, we were not just artists, we were also producers and songwriters and, you know, and we write for others and create for others, you know. Uh, Shout out to all the ghostwriters out there. We yeah, make the yeah. industry work, y'all. We make the industry work. <laughs> yeah. Those fancy faces you see on the TV. There's a million. There's an army of us. The height is a fucking Drake takedown, like you. <laughs> yeah, but I think you know it kind of can. You know, after I think it was a game, like you were like, dude, we need we need to make an LAFC song. We need, we need a, a hype song. We need yeah. a hype yeah. song. Cause like a lot of our stuff is real chill. Chill. You know yeah. I mean, it's, it's laid back. You know. It's yeah. Like, how would you describe it? Like, it's after party trying to. You're trying to close the deal. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. okay. Oh, that's yeah. That's that's that. Yeah. Is it parking lot pimp music? Is that what you're talking about? It depends on what type of parking yeah. lot. <laughs> you do it in the Bay, it's a little more hypey in the parking lot. So, I mean, but no, it's, I don't know. I guess it's also like cruising music, too. Cruising? Mm. Yeah. You know, a lot of people like to drive to it, mm. you know, and it's, it, our album, we kind of designed it to kind of sit with, it's called escape. Yeah. So the the point was to really sit with it and lose, you know, sight of whatever's happening mm. in your life right now and just take these this small amount of time to escape from reality and sit with it by yourself mm -hmm. and enjoy it. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it wasn't meant to just go, you know, at, in the club and, like, you know, people to party to it all the time and yeah. background music. It's like something you sit with and listen yeah. to, you yeah. know, and designed to, to go all the way through. Mm. But with that, you know, and with today's market and consumer, like, we want something new every six seconds. We're ready for the next piece of content or the next sound or the next. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to get people to want to gravitate towards a full album and yeah. sit with an album. So there is that moment where we're like, we just need to make some bangers, just mm -hmm. some slappers that are yeah. guaranteed, get everybody hyped up and everything. And we did make one that we feel is going to be perfect for this LAS yeah. uh, album. And yeah. um, it's more of like, it's just, it's triumphant. You know what I mean? Uh, it feels like you're winning. You know what I mean? You're on top. Yeah. Give me the anthem song right here. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, so you brought up albums okay yeah. and like all the people with spotify i get it you guys got yeah. spotify great job uh but <laughs> albums are still our, our albums are still the fucking the thing yeah. there's nothing like the container okay mm -hmm. the container is everything in art mm -hmm. it it makes it digestible it makes it consumable it makes it so you're not just playing like the most recent songs by this person that mm -hmm. sort of goes off into oblivion and you like don't even remember what you listen to right you get to experience a full idea or full expression like you're talking about. And um, when I was out of town recently, I went to a record store and I found um, one of my, me and my wife's favorite artists is Pharaoh Sanders, mm -hmm. like an old saxophonist. And he played with the Sun Ra Orchestra, orchestra, if you want to mm -hmm. use the proper terminology, before he went and played with John Coltrane, John Coltrane's <laughs> band. This is like, Damn. you know, this is like a record that I had been like looking for for a long time. And it had a big lion on the front. And we had just played Leon, and I had just been in Mexico. And I was like, oh, shit. That's like the sign, right? And so you're admiring the art, album artwork and this yeah. whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And then I got to listen to, to Pharaoh Sanders, like, on record, his first real recording before, you know, before all that happened, like, way back in 1964. And it's like, you know, it's 2020. Yeah. You know, and, like, the reason that I'm listening to that is because they 
put it into a container. Yeah. They thought about it exactly. as a piece of art mm. and yeah. they consumed it that way. That's and so cool. like for all the people out there, yeah, kids making deep. music and shit, I don't yeah. even make music. I just criticize others for making music. <laughs> <laughs> Consider what you're doing to be a piece of art. Yeah. Mm. Not just like exactly. a, a continuation of like some I don't know, some that's weird way of timeless. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that, that's what gives you that a chance at timelessness. Time. Yeah, yeah. You know? For sure. Having a body of work and having one single—I mean, all of the biggest albums today—it's like, you know, yeah, like the game's latest album. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, some of the wildest artwork I've seen ever. Yeah, just pregnant women rolling. I don't know what the hell's going on. It was wild. He, he flipped the sample that Rhymefest once used—the Devil's Pie. Doom, do, doom, doom, do, doom, 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 doom. Doom, doom, doom. I forget like who that ri- original sample is, mm. but um, I remember that from Rhymefest album. Yeah. Shout out to Jesus Walks. Rhymefest wrote Jesus Walks. Kanye doesn't get credit. But oh, yeah. so, what, what were the music scenes that you guys were part of when you guys were growing up? Um, for me at least, uh, what music scenes gr- be a part like, of or like grab? Like, well, like, what'd you fuck with? Yeah, just in general. Like Dweez was just all over the place. What was? Uh, Flying Lotus type mm. stuff. Okay. Um, Low End Theory was like Low later. Theory. Yeah. Low End yeah. Theory was like college years and beyond, and like yeah, mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time there. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I helped produce a documentary about Low End Theory, and then I wrote like the final farewell for Low End Theory on LA Taco. Shout out to LA Taco. Oh, great oh, wow. nice. Go read that shit. Yeah. Pay yeah. for um, that shit. That's dope. Actually, that's actually, that's the last time I've written about music. Oh yeah, wow. It was about two years ago now, and and um, <laughs> yeah, and and I just like. Yeah, that, that was a huge part. But yeah. getting back to the question that Slim asked, um, um, yeah, being a part of it, gravitated towards it. I think each each pocket, it's community, man. It's a, a community is so important because growing up, just like we talked about, like uh, my dad having that community base to relate to and, and share relationships with, he would have never had that if there wasn't more than just himself, like sharing a passion for something. So that grew into, you know, individual community teams that grew into. Uh, a bigger thing which was like more cities and it was a city rivalry thing and then you know and then so on and so forth so for me growing up in Koreatown born and raised there like I was exposed to open mics like when I was younger mm-hmm. and I used to watch these older kids like going freestyle and like uh, uh, it doesn't it didn't matter where it was like every Sunday we met and it was like in a park or it was like uh, inside of an auditorium that they rented like you know they pulled money together like Ferris mm-hmm. who, who who is a mutual friend of ours and how we yeah. met he's a childhood friend of uh, Ken's and he does a lot of the shooting a lot of the yeah. shooting yeah, yeah, yeah. and video editing but mm-hmm. like he used to hold these weekly ciphers called Jikun Flow and it was actually he went to Low End Theory and, and, and these different pockets and realized what they were doing in their communities and he mm-hmm. along with a few other people decided to have the initiative and responsibility to be like let's do this to share this this could you know, change the, the scope of things in terms of for kids like us. Did you guys ever? Did you ever like go to Project Blow? Yeah, Project Blow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been so, to, I, but I was so intimidated. But I was so inspired yeah, by like that was like the breeding ground. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So Fur, uh, he used to go there like every week. He was a weekly goer along with Dumbfounded and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. these other cats who. Open um, Mike Eagle, No Can Do, exactly. Freestyle Fellowship, yeah. right? No day. Can, yep. Mike and Nine. Yep, those are homies. And um, what's cool is that that was exposed to us, so we never knew that there, that was a thing. Like we only saw it on TV. We saw it on Power, like, Freestyle Friday on Power 106, mm-hmm. like that type of stuff. But it was actually happening. And I think what happened was that that influence carried on to 
kids like us, like for, even for me, I, I used to think, oh, I can do that. That's something I can do. I can actually do that. Mm. So it made me, as a student of it, like learn about it and learn about the different worlds of music and pockets of hip hop and R and B and all these cultures. And that that want and passion took over everything I was doing. It didn't. I didn't care. I woke up every day being passionate about learning more about that world. And I think whether it's soccer or music or whatever it is that you gravitate towards, there's a world that that you can share with others. It doesn't matter what culture you're from, if you're Mexican, if you're, you know, uh, Asian, mm. you know, uh, whatever, whatever culture you're from, Armenian, doesn't matter where, it's, it's, you're all, end of the day, sharing one thing, you know, and that speaks, like, for me, that, that, that's where I started with, with, with music, but, oh, yeah, yeah, so, that's really dumb, yeah. what, what are you guys listening to now, what else is inspiring you, I asked about LAFC inspiration, but are you guys, what types of scenes in this city, what types of artists in this city, well, I, before that, I want to get into, to Ken's, like, musical upbringing, because, yeah, with all the, yeah. you know, learning his own instruments and stuff, he probably, has, fair, like, fair. your, your, your type of level of love for music, yeah, 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 honestly, I mean, a lot of the things that I've been inspired by was like just growing up and going through phases in my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I've always had trouble like fitting in mm-hmm. to one certain thing. I always liked so many different things that I never knew wh- where I fit. Right. And you know, glo- growing up with my pops, he would always play classic rock like Hendrix, fucking Beatles, and mm-hmm. Pink Floyd stuff like that. And then he was a super soulful guitar player, okay. electric guitar player, um, and played just by feel, mm-hmm. you know? So everything was just by feel, all self-taught, and same with myself, mm-hmm. you know? I'm all self-taught. I don't know music theory. I'm not really... I never dove into it that deep, but everything was all about what type of music made me feel good. Mm-hmm. And it started with, you know, listening to that type of stuff and just being able to get on the drums and play along with uh-huh. my dad he would be playing his Beatles songs or whatever and I would just make my own drum patterns to it because I didn't know the songs mm. I just knew them through him versus actually listening to the records yeah, yeah. so I would create whatever I felt like it should sound like mm. growing up and I think like through that I went through phases where I would play in like rock bands or like punk emo type shit mm. back in the day and the in the you know late 90s and shit and then uh but i always grew up break dancing and i was a b-boy so okay. yeah. I, used to, I, I grew up on hip-hop and growing up in la like west coast gangster rap was always a shit like mm. i knew all the lyrics to all the warren g albums yeah, and yeah. nate dog and fucking Snoop dj quick and quick, dj yep, quick, quick. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> there's so many like great so much great music and like early early stages of hip-hop yeah. and rap um, that I got to experience in LA and growing up just through going to public schools in LA, you know, yeah. you, you meet all different types of cultures and people that you get influenced by all types of music. So that the big hip hop background, you know, was, it was all about b-boying and break dancing. So you know, what, was that your, was, what was the name of your crew? Uh, I didn't have a crew, man. Right, I was what solo. was your b-boy name? <laughs> I actually didn't have it. There's always Ken Nana, dude. Because like, right, right. my, my last name is Nana Kanpanam. Uh-huh. And everyone would call me Nana for short. My dad's nickname was Nana and my brother's nickname. So there's always Ken Nana. Like, <laughs> but yeah, that was like my thing b boying and breakdancing. And, um, but then, yeah, later on, I just, when I learned 
that I could make music by myself and not have to depend on like a full band you know yeah. and have like oh I gotta get the guitar player to come through so I could play the drums mm-hmm. and the, I need a bass guy and you know it was all about live instrumentation and my brother taught me how to use Logic and I started learning how to just use MIDI and be like oh shit I can play any sound on this keyboard <laughs> and record it and then layer it with another sound and then record that and then layer it with drums and and it just opened this whole new world to me and you know like for me that's how I got into actually making music mm-hmm. and like creating it and having the idea where I can actually do it for a living you know just what like, mad oh, scientist mode for yeah because yeah. when people get into like learning logic and like yeah you know like when my friend learned how to use fruity loops like he was just <laughs> like a meth head like, yeah. <laughs> like just sitting there um yeah well back to back to your question Luis. yeah yeah no what do, so what do you guys listen to now i mean it sounds like a lot of us you know we overlapped on certain interests i was never too strong in the upper body so b-boying never worked out for me <laughs> but, I did, yeah, yeah. but i did my damnedest yeah uh, no i did a worm here and there <laughs> yeah, yeah no but yeah, i was yeah, like dude did. i was like i was like classic like into hip dude i was into the four elements you know i was yeah. like dude the graffiti the break yeah, dancing yeah. the you know the djing and the, and the rapping and then like you know there was like a, a hip-hop journalism book that came out that argued like for like like journalism being like the fifth element of like covering hip-hop and like talking that's about hip-hop and I thought that that was so that's cool yeah. and I was like I was you know for a decade that's like was my thing and I, I you know I still love hip-hop so much and I still listen to so much hip-hop and try to find you know those pockets of inspiration but mm-hmm. like I find as I get older mm-hmm. uh, just like a crusty old man that you always picture mm-hmm. I find myself diving further back into yeah. the catalog in the yeah. ways that hip hop introduced me kids talking about well, these <laughs> well it's funny is it's like it's, got, it's like the opposite direction I you know hip hop taught me and through all the samples taught me about all this old music yeah, yeah. I, I was not True. into the music of my parents like right. I was not I didn't have this like cool vibe with like my pops and the shit that he played I like fucking hated my parents music mm-hmm. <laughs> and it had no influence on me besides wanting to run the other direction as quickly yeah. as I could you know and so I I had to I was completely musically like self-educated like I had to just go to shows and start listening to different things and watch I was watching skate videos and snowboard videos and mm-hmm. that's where I found out yeah. a lot about rap artists that I ended up liking but I was like you know I entered it that way and, and you know point being now is like I talk about Sun Ra and I talk about like Pharaoh Sanders and I talk about like these older jazz artists that I got into you know the same way like through when when yeah. Kendrick made to pimp a butterfly mm-hmm. and put all these LA jazz artists on blast yeah. with Kamasi Terrace. Joseph mm-hmm. Terrace Martin mm-hmm. like I was look, looking up Terrace Martin's like new he put out like a new like live album mm-hmm. like last week I was looking up that today and like th- that's what I listen to like that's yeah. what yeah. I'm most into now yeah, even awesome. more than like the rap shit I'll, yeah. I'll go to the bowl and yeah. I'll see the Kamasi and play with Herbie Hancock you know yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. and it's so weird that like that is where it ended yeah, like yeah. and now I'm like fuck <laughs> because jazz is a forever oh, yeah. jazz is a forever music like, yeah. it's, like, it's like tea you're, yeah. you're screwed like, you're never yeah, going yeah. to the bottom always... you're never going to find out everything about <laughs> yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you just know like won't even understand why you like what you like <laughs> yeah. and you, you will lack the vernacular to even discuss why you like it and then your friends will think you're a fucking asshole for even liking it and they don't understand 
And so I'm just in this pit of like nothingness, and Josh comes on. He's like, "But about the new Drake, though." And I'm like, "I hate everything." Yeah. 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 Here's new Chicago freestyle. Let me tell you about that. But, but, I, but I'm but I'm doing my best, man. I was playing yeah. the box earlier. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah, I was yeah. I was I was trying to find out those little those little new ones. There's new rappers, some musical stuff going on with some like someone like him, Roddy Rich, mm-hmm. and the box. Like they're like his. He's using his voice as an instrument yeah, too. And yeah. I appreciate people like that that doing can the innovate they can well it's just innovating it kind of sounds like it's Young innovative. Thug yeah it Young Thug most like Young Thug which Young Thug is just Future 2.0 they're basically just like, like little trumpets yeah little trumpets that's what it is trumpets using their vocals and, and Young Thug does sound like a but like I, I totally agree like I think just as I'm getting older too like there's certain things that gravitate I need to be stimulated by like I need to like feel something different and when it, when I when something is monotonous and I keep hearing the same drum same, sounds and yeah. the same patterns and mm. the same flows yeah. and the same you know sound like it's cool for a little bit and then I start to get a little bit bored so I start to look for other types of music that mm. I'm like damn I really appreciate their creativity originality their production the attention to detail, mm-hmm. you know, things like that that I pay attention to that make me like music. And so, who are some of those artists right now? Current artists, I mean, uh, this last project is a lot inspired by like Daft Punk. Yep. Um, you know, I think there's uh, like Frank Ocean as songwriting, mm-hmm. you know, and melodic stuff. For no, Ralph. no album was better in the 2000s than Blonde. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. overall, Blonde was an amazing. Overall, album. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah, I'll fight anyone amazing, in North End who wants to go counter Josh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what about Drake's third? Okay, I'll try. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I thought that was a, a kind of mainstream take for you because didn't Billboard say that was their best album of the decade? So you are Billboard. Billboard is smart. <laughs> <laughs> buy, get out there and buy a Billboard, y'all. Uh. Yeah, but but it, I think it comes from a lot. Our music, especially, is influenced from so many different palettes. Like it's like cooking and food. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I I love Korean food because I was born into it. But like, there's times I love tacos, and Mexican food, and let's I be love, honest, as Koreans, we eat just as much tacos as we eat Korean. True, food. true. <laughs> but 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 it's those things. It's what makes things special is that when you start taking things from each culture, and like oh, I like this part of this mm-hmm. culture and food yeah. I like this part of, I like this, this and then you, you throw it in a big gumbo and you stir it up and then you, you make your own make your own you don't know what well, it's gonna taste dude, like the fucking the Korean taco yeah like yeah. the Korean like you know what I mean yeah. the wave of that was yeah. that Roy yeah. Choi, yeah. and when yeah. it works yeah when Roy did that Roy. and when yeah. it works yeah, then it works. It's gonna go. Yeah, and it's like I'll put kung pao chicken in a taco, yeah. and that shit probably won't taste as good. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. yeah. There's some things you don't put together, right? Yeah. But you do. You know that after yeah. trying it. And yeah, I think, we need those pioneers, though. We yeah. need those people that are willing to take the risk to do something different and outside of the norm to like, be able. Nelly to create, made a country song, y'all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> make make the world more exciting. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, make but it but Slim Slim will show up, and you know he, he and I used to listen to a lot of the same type of music, and like now we still you know some of the things we like are similar. But we'll both like talk to each other like well like what's like what are they listening to now and he's like you know it's like this new kid and I'm like uh huh and then we're like we're like both listening we're like okay and then we're like try something else you know we like we try to figure it out listen to and it and I think like for me one of the reasons I stopped writing about music in addition to just not wanting to be that asshole anymore yeah like constantly <laughs> criticized for real it's like I don't want to just be that dude that tells you you don't know what you're doing even though I don't even know how to do what you're doing yeah. <laughs> you feel me like I think there's a value and there's a place you guys for, are dying over here like, oh, hey there's a place for music enough. criticism there, that yeah. it has value even the act yeah. of 
listening to an album and tearing it to pieces is mm-hmm. an act of actual love for yeah, that record. That's showing, an argument. That, you know, showing that it's worth your time it's to worth, listen to. Yeah, exactly. But I decided I just didn't want to spend my life in that kind of energy anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a different kind of energy. It doesn't it, it doesn't suit me. It suited a person I think I used to be. Right. But um, or probably still am sometimes. <laughs> uh, like like uh, you know, but 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 now like. You know, if, if I if I leave all of that out of the table and I'm trying not to criticize, I also just realize I'm like, shit, like I'm at that age where what I have to say about younger people music is no longer valid. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've reached a threshold. I can't comment on youth culture. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, yeah, it's not I fair. Think. I mean, I can, but it's like some, it's not, it does, it's doesn't it's not hold valid. the same way. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That makes sense. That man. makes total sense. So that's maybe one of the reasons why I'm hard, having a hard time connecting yeah. with like younger artists. If my younger brother was here, Young Dweez, who has also edited the podcast, is very involved. Nice. Um, he's a he works in the music industry as well, and he's so I, I want to be like him. Yeah. He listens to everything. Yeah. He he can like see the value of like this certain pop song, and you know you gotta yeah. understand what they were trying to do, and this is yeah, beautiful yeah. on its way. And I'm like. Like, oh, I, I want to be like you, yeah. like, but I fucking hate all of this. It's <laughs> awful and it's terrible. And these voices in my head are so loud. Dark Dweez is just like, yeah. no, like I'm just gonna tear down. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. shout, out, shout out Young Dweez and me and him were having a connection about the new Bieber album because it just came out. Yeah, yeah. the Bieber this album. A, and you know, he's fucking telling me about the Bieber this album. This is a man in maturing right. into so the, the week I found out that Josh. Josh's Instagram handle was named after Posh Spice. He also got sold on the Bieber album. Yeah, <laughs> I'm into it, man. I'm, 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 I, I honestly really listened to it. Too. It's what... pretty good, it's man. Good, man. <laughs> hey guys, this is gonna be the last episode of FCSC Pod. We're breaking up. <laughs> no, but see, see, but that's the thing is like I, I think I need that. Maybe Slim needs this too. We need a little bit of that like okayness with like. <laughs> okay, they're yeah. It's like shit you hate. How can you yeah. like shit you hate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How can you like not react so strongly? Yeah. And when I when I hear it, I, and I still hear him as Justin Bieber being Justin Bieber talking. Nobody about says yummy, Justin Bieber. You fuck. This <laughs> reminds me of Chance the Rapper. Okay, can we just talk about Chance real quick? Respect mm-hmm. though, oh, Chance yeah. Acid rap. I was love great. Chance. Acid, ra- acid rap came out, yeah. and I was with it. <laughs> and here's the problem with like being a critic or being critical you can't like i couldn't just like life like chance forever right i couldn't just like let him like exist and me be a fan of chance he comes out and he releases this fucking stupid album that what is the what is the next one he released called the goddamn the The one gospel if one more label try to find me that's Uh, there's gonna be some dread-headed and I listened to that album and there were these lines that he would say and one of them was I'm going to give Satan a swirly yeah, yeah, that yeah. was one of the things he said and I wanted to I that die was fire. I wanted to die <laughs> that, I, it was Bart Simpson-y that is like, how Christians and I was just react. like oh my god I want to like put my head What's inside and I was so embarrassed that I ever even thought I liked him and that's what I hate about myself I wish I could have just let that line be but this is you as someone who loves the beautiful coloring book world and the coloring book tour. Uh-huh. That album is very important to me. Yeah, right? it's a man going through his face. Would you sing that, that lyric could... out loud? Yeah, sure, that's fine. Really? I would, I would, but I would, I like. He was singing. He saw me in Leo. No, but he started that shit when, um, <laughs> like, on Ultralight Beam, which is my one of my favorite songs of yeah, all time. Ultralight like, Chance's verse on that, like, he's literally throwing out scripture. Like, it's oh very God, obscure, great. motherfucking shit. You know? Okay, so there's things that I don't even understand about it. 
Maybe that. Maybe that's it. Yeah. But I respect the man's spiritual journey, reconciling with his baby mama. Like that. That's the kind of stuff that maybe I bring into music. And like you as a person, I think you've. But you've also reconciled that I enjoy it. I thought I thought and we I actually want to. I, I, thought, I actually want to. I thought That's we were on a better part. plane of existence than yeah. this, but it, you you obviously were still bothered by my enjoyment of this record. So yeah. now we have to talk about some ah, shit. I've not, nope. not been free of the demon but, inside me. I'm trying to make I'm trying to make friends with my but, shadow. But it's also you, it's also what you're talking about, Dewey. You, like your old self, you know, yeah. like two years. They're dueling. You guys are watching yeah, it live. But you yeah. changed as a person over time, right? So it's like with artists, you have to also understand. Yeah. They go through their phases, but yeah, to be able to bring you into that world of trying to convince you that that that's like yeah. you actually listened to the album, you gave it a, a, a chance, and you like. Oh, dude, you I listened to it wouldn't. so many times. I did. I wanted to like. Yeah, I think I think the hardest part for yeah. me is yeah. I do have a hard time being a true fan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's Same. the hardest part. I have a hard time that's looking at art. True. Like they're my friends. Mm. If they're my friends, then I can see the journey and right. I can see the struggle and I can I can yeah. give them the space to context. make something that I don't love. Right. Do you know what right, I mean? Right, right. I can give yeah. them that. If it's a, especially if it's like a buddy or something, someone I know mm. who makes art, I'm like, okay, like I can see the way that they did that. And like yeah. I don't, you know, I'm not like a homer either, where I'm just gonna like love something because yeah. it's my friend. Yeah. But I could like empathize with the right. journey. Exactly. Right. But right, for right. some reason, it's like I have this line where I could just I could loathe loathe like a whole album and love a song do you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying like we're like and i'm like this artist everything they represent is horrible but this was a masterpiece like, yeah this one song, and this i can't deny song. it yeah. like i can't I, and i wish i could like de- that i could determine it but it's almost like there's something inside me that will not let me i can't yeah. art convince myself just because i like something enough and i have right. plenty of friends who like just you know they just like love an artist and like they can do no wrong in their eyes. Mm-hmm. It's like when the misstep happens, man, I can't fucking ride for it. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you. Man. I mean, that's, or if I my perceived right, right. misstep. Yeah, yeah. But that's it's the definitely thing with, not our, our, uh, objective. Yeah, you said exactly. you 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 said fan or fandom, and mm. I mean that's to, to, to throw it back to the sports context, right? Like we, I don't know if there's 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 separate con- context of fandom depending on what you're into, but also you devote similar kind of energies towards fandom and fans and you are such a believer in not only LAFC but Arsenal and I think that that's interesting I need to approach music with the same approach that I approach sport exactly because you look at you. Josh just opened up <laughs> you world, this dude. is what I do on the podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. by the way I don't talk a lot but what I do get in your bag Josh Spice Show me the light. Hell yeah, man! But you fucking impro- I mean, you've you've written for sports. You've that's part been part of your job detail. But like the fandom aspect of it, and you guys have plenty of fans yourself. Like it's, I mean, it's interesting. Like Over it a million is, streams on Spotify. Let's fucking go! <laughs> but it really is like it's it's an unabashed love for it. Maybe it comes with the the harsher criticism, but. How do you guys take criticism? Yeah, it's I think like it's, when it's people you write want the best for that or, person, right? and who, like, who and who do you take I, it from? Like, I think that's an important thing. How, right? how do how do how do you guys take criticism about your music? Oh, I love it. I I, I, I go into it head head in because I love hearing how how I, you know, how we can actually not only better our, ourselves, but we understand again. It shows us empathy and perspective in terms of how how they loved ideas of us because our music again it's like it's a very wide range of mm-hmm. different styles and things and so if someone if we pulled somebody in with a certain record they might not get what they're looking for and yeah. all of it but the reason why it's, I, they do get it and when you see our shows and I trip out because the last show we had it was like every time we've had shows it just keeps growing and the, it's the sea of people that in the pockets it's like you, it's not one 
ethnic background or in one culture. It's like mm. everybody kind of it's a melting pot, mm-hmm. and to see how. Uh, we can connect on all these different in in this worlds. Like Ken's able to kind of bring that all together cohesively with this with the production side of it. Mm. You know, which is which. So you're is, almost seeing like on the production being reflected in the audience. Absolutely, I think and criticism is just part of that. It's absolutely. not even like okay. Well, criticism I love because I think it shows criticism. And the end of the day is it shows somebody has interest towards what you do. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's love. It doesn't matter if it's hate. Or it doesn't matter if it's yeah. whatever it is. It's love. End of the day, it's a part. It's it's attention towards somebody or something that you gravitate towards because you care enough about to speak on it. So criticizing to me, I love when people tell me uh, things like to change. I think I think that's a really dope take. Yeah, and I think give. there's there's like you can criticize in in, in a constructive way, mm. which is in your example, and then. There's criticism in just a hater way that's always going to happen, mm-hmm. which is inevitable. But for us, it's like, you know, we don't care about opinions. It's not about, you know, judgment means nothing to us at mm-hmm. this moment. Like, right. we're pretty confident and comfortable in what we do and who we are. And we understand that opinions are opinions. And we never really get, like, crazy haters, luckily. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, it's not... If it's not for you, it's it's not for you. Like we're totally fucking comfortable with that. Yeah, you know what it's I mean? okay. And yeah, we don't judge other people, so we don't we don't care if other people judge us. Yeah. yeah. There were three moments where I knew McKenna made it. I, it was years ago we started like calling you One Million on Spotify. So I don't like. Oh yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we've been calling him One Million on Spotify for a long time. Uh, because of McKenna, so thank you for changing his sound and, and oh, <laughs> raising his level. But no, like it's it's been dope to see your guys' journey. Then uh, I went to a concert. I forget which one it was. Um, it might have been the one at the Observatory, but I think it actually was the one after that in LA. But there was like a blonde-haired white girl singing along in the front row, and I was like, these motherfuckers made it. <laughs> um, and then recently, like what, like a couple months ago. Um, at the end of the Joe Budden podcast, which is probably one of the biggest podcasts in, in America right now, um, at the end of their podcast, they do their sleepers, um, where like each one of the hosts will pick a song um, that they found on the internet that they think nobody really knows. Um, so they were actually featured on that, what, like two months ago? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. About a month um, And yeah, like... Tell me what that was like for you guys. Did it did it like give you a little Joe Budden boost on the streams or anything? Or uh, that actually happened very randomly because we were putting out songs for th- every three weeks. We're like, let's put out a song. So mm-hmm. we we had this thing, and uh, during the end of the year, it, we kind of slowed down a little bit. But we're like, you know what? Let's just we had this record called Only One with featuring Satika, and it was just, it felt like Christmassy. We're like just. Throw it out mm-hmm. during Christmas. You know like Christmas Eve. And we dropped it on Christmas Eve. We dropped it on Christmas Eve, and then even, you know people were like, "You sure you want to do that? It's like Christmas. Nobody like, drops the music. Music industry's dead, dead right now. Like, why are you just releasing? Yeah, uh-huh. like we just want to get it out. Yeah, we just want to get it out. And so we throw it out, no expectations for the record, yeah. and it literally started picking up on like H and M playlist. Um, yeah. they had on playing in all the H and M stores wow. and like the New Music Friday and shit in Sweden. Yeah, it yeah. just started to snowball, and then yeah, I guess Rory, Rory from yeah. the Joe Budden podcast found it somehow. I still haven't 
figured out how, but I mean, he's he's been the music like he's yeah. music. your your guys' vibe of music. He's the one always bringing that that vibe yeah. into yeah. The, yeah, yeah. He's so, he's yeah. got his ear to the ground. So yeah. it's, and he uh, manages uh, emotional oranges. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Which yes. we're we're friends with the, Will, the producer yeah. there. Oh, we're nice. working with him. Yeah. So it's funny because he looks like an emotional orange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, man. It's it, but everyone's connected somehow. But yeah. somehow, you know, it was put on there, and it, you know, it was. So we didn't really see the effect of it. Like, mm. oh, since that happened, all of a sudden okay. shit just started. Up, yeah. Dude, they, they got on the FCFC podcast after the <laughs> yeah, I know, man. Like, so you never know, man. Joe yeah. Budden podcast. But it's always great, cool. man. Yeah. It's it's great to have your, your, your voice recognized. And it's what great. was that moment where, like, like, you guys saw a boost and you were like, what the fuck is going on? It, but it was the first time we were actually on Spotify. Like, we put... Uh, so we have this thing where every week we meet once a week. We oh. started there. Oh. We when we started, we're like weekly meetings, at mm-hmm. least every Monday, once a week. So started there. We had this big bu- white bulletin board that Ke- uh, Ken and Sean and Perry have at their apartment. It's huge. Mm. And I looked at it. I was like, we got to... Let's put 100000 on that board. Because it's just pre-McKenna drop. Like, we're starting from scratch. We have a whole EP that we're waiting to sling out. 100000 SoundCloud, what we, we were thinking. Uh-huh. Like, if this is money, uh-huh. awesome. Uh-huh. If this is $100,000, it'd be great. But, uh-huh. like, streams. Okay. And then we threw it out, crickets, on Sound, Sound, uh, SoundCloud. Uh-huh. Like, it was, it was doing okay, but it was, like, at 10000 or something uh-huh. like that. And then, out of nowhere, one of our uh, friends messages us this, this Spotify thing. And we had no idea what Spotify was at the time. Uh-huh. So she's like, oh, you guys are on this playlist. And we're like, oh, cool. Didn't think much of it. Uh-huh. Ken looks it up. Right, and then it happened yeah. to be a really big place. Yeah, fresh finds. They, it's like where they, it's like where they discover new music. Okay, and, and so like our Spotify song was at was the like, top. So we're, oh, I was wow. just like, oh shit! And I read up, up about it, and when we were able to see our Spotify analytics, all of a sudden it just jumped Jump. up to like twenty k, and then like forty k, like and daily, like fifty k, yeah. and we're like. Something like, like oh, this shit. is picking up steam. Like fuck SoundCloud. Fine, <laughs> <laughs> fucking with the Spotify shit. So then we just started focusing on like connecting with people. Found out who curated that playlist mm-hmm. and ended up meeting with her in New York when we went and did a nice, show I out there. That you guys just, used to mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was just you know we pivoted, but we ended up getting that hundred k on Spotify instead of SoundCloud, and yes. then that. But you that, know, that thing spiraled. It's because yeah. it started. It Spotify was like a brand new thing, and it Spotify like the that, play, It was when the playlisting was just started. started pop off, like yeah. Spotify was around yeah. for a while, but it was like the when the playlisting started to be more impactful. Yeah. yeah, we learned about it through just randomly getting picked up on it, and then That's seeing crazy. that it ended up spreading to all these other playlists. So once it d- does that, it's just like on rotation. That's like the new radio station yeah. now. You know. So we're seeing the analytics, and we're like, okay, there's some movement happening here. Yeah. And, you know, since then, we've just kind of been, you know, just releasing our stuff and trying to connect with the right people that can get us in those same playlists. Yeah. But it's crazy because, again, going back to what you said, guys, critiquing, like, that happened. Our career happened because someone had access to that music, and they were able to actually put an opinion on it. Mm -hmm. And then... You know, and then that happened just to be her working at Spotify at the yeah. time. But like that, like we all need each other in in, in this space, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it's important that uh, with with podcasts and and, and, and you, you guys are voicing mm-hmm. uh, for a bunch of people that have the same interests. In mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. for us, 
we took that like fast forward. That's actually spoiled us in a sense where we're like, <laughs> yeah, oh, we're like, this, this is going to be easy. easy. <laughs> yeah, we got this. Because yeah. like, we're getting calls from like publishers, labels, and, labels, and, and like, we're oh, taking shit, meetings. Yeah, going to meeting, meeting with all these people, mm-hmm. and you know. And the power of like the the playlisting and like being able to get your stuff up there is like that's that's how you know you get on the eye and the radar of these people in the industry. So yeah. it started to it started to make us feel like we were like doing something right. Yeah. And so we're like, okay, we you know, this is how it works and then we learned throughout so just doing that so the music industry shit, is not it's gonna stay yeah. the same. It's yeah. always gonna keep evolving and changing, and and you have to adapt to it as it goes. And yeah. you know, we're, music we're, confession. Yeah, it's always you know. Yeah. So yeah. We, we're just we're just keeping keeping up with it and just you know, trying to just continue but, to do us. But, but what's crazy, we learn from that. Yeah. So like, we first started with the intention of let's just put out great music. That's that's all yeah. there was. Mm. Boom, fast, and it picked up start taking these meetings with labels publishers they start picking our brain we start picking their brain like in these meetings we don't know mm-hmm. what we're doing yeah we're just like in front of this music exec that probably makes yeah. millions of dollars for artists and they're trying to pick our brains on like how we got on these playlists and what we're yeah. doing and mm-hmm. what we have planned so we're like we had to pivot and learn get a publishing uh you know how, what publishing is about like learn about the the and then it, it, independently doing this we, we turned it into a label independent label because mm-hmm. out of, all out of necessity like literally yeah. out of step-by-step process of failing yeah. saying people saying no to us like mm-hmm. they'll come back next time whatever it is and we kept pivoting learning and we realized we could do this on our own we're like nobody knows what the fuck they're doing mm-hmm. yeah everybody's Just like on us. the same <laughs> adult, that's hey. like the lesson yeah. of adult life nobody yeah. knows whatever the nobody fuck knows what the fuck yeah. they're doing educate your damn self yeah. you know yeah. what I'm saying I mean, everybody has is. Google now so it's yeah, like exactly. if, even if you do know what you're doing like I can get to that level too now so mm-hmm. we can play on the same field but like you said everything's constantly changing in that whole like river of these industries it's mm-hmm. the same for every industry that I've worked in exactly yeah. the same for everything I've covered it's the same for every story that I've written always yeah. and the people who are doing that then and how yeah. things change so quickly yep yeah so it's not just always gonna stay the same so <laughs> you gotta be ready to pivot when when it, when you need to and, yeah. and ride the wave you know psychological flexibility y'all yeah, yeah. 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 the force yeah, yeah don't force get stuck in your things. ways you know what i mean yeah it's adapt so, so this episode's yeah. coming out a couple a couple weeks from now but um i know a lot of the fcfc people are really big music heads like how what's the next step for you guys like how, how do they keep up with you like when's the next time we can see you at a show like I think that's important for our listeners to hear it so they can kind of support yeah yeah I mean you could catch us on uh, on all our so- social media is McKenna M-I-K-N-N-A um, but as far as live performances we're actually trying to put together a showcase that we can host every month and LAFC wants to get involved in it and we basically once a month curate a showcase where we bring on artists that are part of the movement and also new artists Mm -hmm. uh, and then be able to just host a community event where people are coming together and you know we can mold the music and the culture of LAFC together Um, and also for our own stuff with McKenna we have a new EP that we're about to be releasing Mm -hmm. um, our own solo EP and then we have a collaboration EP with another artist so it's just you know we're always working on something and it's now we're just figuring out the timing of how we want to start to release things and where we want to invest and prioritize yeah 
So in terms of the EP, it's called Sugar. Mm-hmm. Sugar. Yep. This is probably the second time we've said it. <laughs> uh, so, but Sugar is our EP. And then in terms of how, uh, yeah, in terms of how it's pronounced, it's McKenna, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it it's hard to. People. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, McKenna, check them out. Um, guys, it's been another episode of FCFC Pod. Thanks for being here. See you next week. You like my voice? It's cracking. FCFC. FC, FC. FCFC. FC, FC. FCFC. FC, FC. FC, FC. FC, FC.